0: Welcome to the Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. And it says in Hebrews chapter 11, starting verse 17, it says, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and who had he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which He also received him in a figurative sense. So it talks about the faith of Abraham. And it is radical, completely trusting faith. So radical that, God, I'm going to give you the son that you gave me, and you're going to give him back to me, I promise. I know that you will. I am trusting you in that. So tonight, as, as we get started, let's pray But I just want you to know we're going to talk about a living sacrifice. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. I pray that you would stand in my shoes and speak through my mouth because I know that this word was ordained by you for this people. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, put those side by side. (coughs) So, Abraham is known for lots of things. He had a long relationship with the Lord and literally heard the voice of God and came out of his father's land and followed the Lord, and he went through a lot. Abraham was not perfect, and I love that, because how many of you know we're not perfect, right? I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. I don't know about you. Maybe you all are perfect. I'm not perfect, and I love that Abraham was not perfect, because he was human, And it shows his humanity. And that's important to us. Because if Abraham, who's a father of faith, the patriarch of Israel, can mess up, then, you know, we can give ourselves a little bit of grace, right? But his faith in God through years of trials, trial and error, he came to a place of complete, mature trust, radical faith in God concluding that God was able to raise up his son from the dead. He was so willing to be obedient that he put it all on the line. He was so willing to do what God said that it did not matter the cost. He would rather be obedient and have a dead son than be disobedient and live his life with Isaac. Think about that. That's heavy, but he was completely trusting. James 2 also talks about Abraham. It says, and was not Abraham our father justified by works? That's 2, 21 through 23. Uh, When he offered Isaac his son on the altar, do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. We just did a class on James. If you were in there, you've heard this. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. The friend of God. Abraham, my friend. So, when it says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, that statement implies repentance, okay? It implies repentance because righteousness is right standing, which is achieved by belief, right? So Abraham believed God. There's your belief. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness, right standing. So his belief equaled a type of salvation. Righteousness was achieved. So, You don't begin this process of complete trust in God until you believe in him. Abraham had to truly believe in God. And a lot of his early mistakes showed he didn't truly believe. He didn't truly trust God, right? We're going into a foreign land. My wife is really pretty. I'm going to say she's my sister. God's going to protect us. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's not trusting God. Okay? God did protect them more than once. But he had to come to a place of complete trust. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. So we know the story. Would you like to be Abraham? Isaac? Abraham and Isaac, everybody. So, Abraham was promised a son, and he waited decades for the promise. Okay? He waited a long time to receive the promised child. And can't you just picture that 100 year old man holding that newborn baby? Oh, man. That's precious. That's precious. He's not 100, don't worry. So God delivers on his promise. Isaac is born and all is well until one day. God says, Abraham, go sacrifice your son. Go sacrifice your only son, Isaac, on the altar. And of course, we know from Hebrew tradition that when God's people made sacrifices to God, they were burnt offerings. So don't just go kill your son. Go set him on fire. Oh, God, I might have a problem with that. But Abraham didn't flinch. He got up the next day. He journeyed with Isaac. Take a journey. Just walk a lap. And they come to the mountain of God, and they set up the altar. It's already set up. And Abraham puts his son bound on the altar. Now, notice that Isaac is not a, not a child, okay? I know, Jacob has a baby face, but he's not a child. He's not a child. Good theological study will tell you that Isaac was most likely a young man. Okay? So he was big enough and strong enough to overpower his aged father. But he didn't. Do you think Abraham just took him by surprise? Grabbed him and wrapped him up? No, I don't think so. I think that Abraham had taught his son. To trust. To trust a God who could promise and fulfill, as Brandon so eloquently preached Sunday night. The God who makes promises and keeps promises. God made a promise to Abraham and he kept it. And Abraham taught his promise about trust. He taught the promised seed about his God who delivers. Who comes through in a pinch. The God who is more than enough. The God who fixes mistakes. The God who is our provision. So he puts Isaac on the altar and Isaac doesn't put up a fight. It's one thing for Abraham to trust that God could fix it. But then Isaac had to trust that God could fix it. Isaac had to be right there in in sync with his father. So Abraham showed God that Isaac was was precious, yes, but there was nothing more precious to him than his trust in God. There was nothing more important to him than obedience to his Savior, his Father, his God, his friend. He had learned complete trust. And Isaac, probably around 20-something years old, could have easily taken his father down, but instead... He trusted the God of his father. Maybe Isaac understood that there was no safer place to be than in the hands of God, especially when he is asking you for your life. There is no safer place to be than in God's hands. So, you know the story. He goes to sacrifice his son. And the angel of the Lord stops him. Is that a pen? Okay. (laughs) Oh, it's a pencil. That's even better. The angel of the Lord stops him, and Isaac goes free. Thank you. You've been a wonderful helper. Now, just because I am a college professor, I'll point out that Isaac is a foreshadow of Christ. A promised child, miraculously conceived, the heir of his father, and the act of putting him on the altar and picking him up again alive mirrored the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some also say that the ram in the thicket, the provision, was also a type of Jesus because he took our place and became the propitiation for our sin, the price paid for our sin. Abraham trusted God so much that he put his son, his only son, his heir on the altar. The thing he had waited for, the thing he had desired, the thing he had prayed about and prayed about and then stopped praying about because it hurt to wait that long and not receive. And Isaac, when he finally came, such a fulfillment of promise, Isaac had to be put on the altar. But he trusted God. He knew he was safe in the hands of God because he had learned complete trust. Complete trust that says, God, no matter what you ask of me, I'm going to say yes. And God says, okay, put your son on the altar. God, I'm not doing that. No, yes. I said I was going to say yes. I'm saying yes. Isaac, get on the altar. What? Okay, I'm going to say yes. So that's awesome. That's great. What about us? What about us? Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word present means to stand beside, to be at hand, to be at one's disposal. God, I am at your disposal, a living sacrifice. I present myself. I am at your disposal, Father, whatever you have for me to do. Present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, sacred. Holy means sacred, acceptable, well pleasing. How many of you know the goal is to hear well done? Well done. We want to be well pleasing, right? To hear well done. And this is our reasonable, not extravagant, not extra, as the kids would say these days, but our reasonable, our rational service. You know what service means? Worship. So Paul says, I beg you to be at God's disposal as a living sacrifice sacred, well-pleasing to God, and that is your reasonable worship. That is your reasonable worship. You see, worship is not coming into a place and listening to a song and raising your hands. Worship is not even just getting on your knees in your secret place at home and lifting up the God that we serve. And telling him how great he is and how holy he is and how awesome he is, that is worship. But what is also worship is to be at God's disposal, to give your life a living sacrifice. Abraham was willing to give Isaac on the altar, he was willing to let his son die because he knew that God could raise him from the dead. We don't even have to die. We just have to die to ourselves. We just have to put ourselves on the altar. We just have to say, God, whatever you want trumps what I want. Whatever you need from me trumps what I need from you. No matter what I'm asking for, your will comes first. Your will comes first. That's when you say, God, I trust you with my whole life. No matter what you want from me, I'm going to do it. That's when you say, I'm buying the field. That's when you say, God, I'm all in. God, I'm all in. You see, Isaac didn't hold back a leg or an arm to keep part of himself off of the altar. He went all in on that thing. God, whatever you want me to do, I am all in. I am all in. You can't be a living sacrifice half of the time. You can't be at God's disposal five days a week or only on Sundays. A living sacrifice completely at God's disposal, 100%, all in. We're talking about worship. We're talking about God Almighty, the one who makes promises and keeps them. But you know what? If if he's going to keep his promises to you, you're going to have to keep your promise to him. You're going to have to step up to the plate and be all that he's asked you to be. And believe that you can be all he's asked you to be. If you could do anything for the kingdom of God. Without fear of failure, what would you do? Because when you completely sell out to him, whatever you fill in that blank with, you can do it. You don't need a safety net. You don't need a safety net. He is your safety net. And guess what? You can travel the world and preach the gospel and do all of the things that you have ever dreamed of doing without fear. Because the worst they can do is kill you and put you in his presence. And don't we all want to get there? Don't we all want to be there? Or is that just something that we say? God, I want to be in your presence, but don't kill me. Keep me here. Are we not Pentecostals? We're talking about worship. We're talking about being full, being all in. Guess what? That means you're full of the Spirit. And when you put yourself on the altar, the next step is to light it on fire. You want to be, be on fire for God? Submit as a living sacrifice and let him light you on fire. Because sacrifices were burnt. So you put yourself on the altar. And you give him all of you. And when you humble yourself in worship, as a sacrifice was. Sacrifices were worship. Then he'll light your life on fire. And you're going to burn for him. You're going to burn for him. The quickest way... To walk in the fire of God is to put yourself on the altar. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Allow yourself to live at a standard of holiness, well-pleasing to God, a life that worships him, not conformed to this world. That means that if the world loves it, I don't. If the world wants it, I don't. If the world encourages it, I don't. If they accept it, I don't. And I don't just not accept it, but I'm also not it. I'm not the thing that they're encouraging. I'm not the thing that they're accepting. I'm a living sacrifice. I am peculiar. I am strange. I am different. I am not of this world. They're going to hate you, Jesus said. They're going to hate you for my name's sake. Too many of us get along with the world. Because we haven't put ourselves on the altar. And we've been conformed to the world. Instead of being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So let's give ourselves. Let's, let's go all in. Let's let God's fire consume us. Let's be a living sacrifice, burning bright for all to see. There have been martyrs that were, that were lit on fire, that were tortures, that, that literally burned with the fire of God and testified in the middle of the fire of his greatness, of his faithfulness. We don't even have to do that. This is figurative fire. This is spiritual fire. But we can burn bright and share the witness and the testimony of all that he can do for us. Maybe Abraham put Isaac on the altar so that Isaac would understand that his life is to be sacrificed in service to God. Because Isaac did serve the Lord all of his life. And he taught his children to do the same. Maybe Abraham put his seed, his lineage, on the altar to send a message to his generations. That this is how we serve God. All in. On fire. For him. This is how we serve God. Now on this side of the cross, in the age of grace, having received what Abraham sought after, how dare we live our lives any less than completely engulfed in the fire of God as we consecrate ourselves to him. Abraham dreamed of the Messiah. He wanted to find the city of God. Now we know who the Messiah is. We saw him come. We saw him die. We saw him raise again. That is history to us. It was prophecy to Abraham. But Abraham lived consecrated, and he taught his children to do the same. But now here we are, 2,000 years later, with an opportunity to be a living sacrifice on the altar, wholly consecrated. We want to see this city change. They need to see a light. They need to see a light. And the more of us that are on fire, the bigger the light's going to be. They're going to see the flames from across town, and they're going to come running. Isn't that what people do when a fire happens? They go watch. So let them come and watch us burn. And when they do, we're going to tell them about Jesus. And we're going to see them set on fire too. We're going to see this city consecrated for God. But as the church, it is our responsibility to go first. It is. And when you buy the field, you go all in, you're going to do some crazy things for God. Like start a church in a city you don't live in. I had absolutely no incentive to go to Mount Sterling. He's my dad. Wouldn't I stay here? Wouldn't I? Doesn't that make sense? My kids are here, their grandparents are here. They love going to church and seeing Grammy sing. All of their friends are here, the ones that they've known since birth. I grew up here. Why would I leave? I love this place. But when God says go, you got a choice to make. Are you all in? Or is that the line? I'm all in until you push me too far. I'm all in until you ask too much. Abraham could have said, you know what, God, this thing's been great, but I'm out. But he didn't. He said, okay, I'm all in. So I just want to ask you tonight as we close, are you all in? Are you all in? Because let me just tell you, this leadership team can't do it alone. We need all of you. We need all of you. If this vision is going to happen, if this city is going to change, we all have to burn together. Right? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Church of the Living God Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you'd like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG, or give us a call at 859-745-1865.